Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is food news. This is from CNN. Why Arby's is testing meat products that look like big carrots. <laughs> I love this story so very much. Um, yes, please tell me more about this. So Arby's is turning the plant-based meat craze on its head by testing meat-based plants. They're <laughs> just like, everyone else is doing this. Let's just turn it Let's around. Let's do this instead. The company says it's produced a new meat-vegetable hybrid food category called vegetables. <laughs> wow. Oh, there's wow. so much good in this. Um, so first from the Arby's test kitchen is the quote merit, a meat carrot made of turkey breast sliced into the shape of a carrot. It's then cooked sous vide for an hour and rubbed in a special carrot marinade made of dried carrot juice powder. It's then topped with a maple syrup powder oven roasted for an hour and topped with a sprig of parsley to imitate the stem. It's a very involved process for making this fake carrot. It sounds like it's a lot of uh, effort. They pointed out that a single merit has 70% of the recommended daily dose of vitamin A (laughs) and more than 30 grams of protein. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. I didn't realize this, but Arby's has apparently publicly vowed in the past to not add fake meat to its menu, counter to the current trend in fast food with other restaurants like Burger King, Tim Hortons and McDonald's testing and rolling out plant-based meat options. So all these places are doing it and they're saying, no, we will not do this. I wonder why they have done that. I don't know. They have their whole, we've got the meats thing. Maybe they just don't want to break from that brand. Oh Uh, yeah. Maybe they think that that's, it's like a branding thing. They're going to be like unique in that way. So Mm. interesting. Um, Arby's has said it's developing other protein packed vegetables for some reason, but has no immediate plans to sell these things in stores. So (laughs) I guess they're just doing it to troll these other fast food companies. (laughs) So, you know, there's not, it's not like I'm going to go through an Arby's drive through and see like, new merits merits (laughs) merits to go i kind of want to try one honestly because it kind of sounds kind of good do you have a photo of it yes i do it's yeah (laughs) it's something Uh, i'll say it doesn't look as much like uh, a carrot as the meat or the plant-based meat looks like meat It looks like a hot dog with like a, a parsley stuck in the top of it, kind of. Except the but hot dog is carrot orange. shaped. It's colored orange and it's carrot shaped. But yeah, that's essentially what it looks like. It's not very looks convincing. Gross. You're not, <laughs> not going to convince anybody that it's actually a carrot. No. But uh, I don't know. It sounds it sounds kind of tasty with like the maple syrup. Yeah, like the, portion the sugar it and, yeah. added. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar and to make and it meat. to make yeah. it not taste like a carrot. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, well. I don't know. It's unique, at least. Yeah, I guess. 
I don't know what else I think about it. I have mixed feelings, I guess. <laughs> All right, my first story is science news. And shout out to our listener, Tori, for sending me this one. Thanks, Tori. Um, this is from unilad.com. And have you ever heard about the people that develop the bacteria that can eat plastic? Yes, I okay. think so. So this is like an update about them. Okay. Um, so it's uh, Jeannie Yao, 21, and Miranda Wang, 22. They're, they're actually pretty young. Um, oh, wow, that makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> they're younger than us, yeah. Um, have been developing their project called Bioselection uh, for years, and they say they have a way of upcycling plastic pollution into, quote, valuable components for textiles and valuable biosurfactants for the textile industry. Um, they haven't said exactly what the compounds are yet, mm-hmm. um, but this is done by using genetically engineered bacteria, which can break down plastic into its most basic chemical form. Um, the genetically modified bacteria can so far effectively dissolve plastic into carbon dioxide and water. So that's been shown that they can do, which is super cool. That seems better than plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they are particularly keen to develop a technique to break down the more difficult to recycle plastic, such as polystyrene. Um, they can potentially do this by using genetically engineered um, bacteria to break down the plastic polymers and turn them into organic compounds, which then undergo a biological conversion into more valuable products. So that's kind of like how the, the process would work. And they say that they've made some progress and can do this, but the article didn't say like exactly what else can be, you know, pr- produced, yeah, yeah, created from the process. Okay. Um, so the two scientists presented their findings at a recent Ted talk and have been awarded five prestigious prizes from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania for their findings. The pair have also won a number of entrepreneurship contests for their discovery, and they've secured more than $300,000 in funding, according to the Vancouver Sun. Um, I'm actually surprised that they don't have more than that, like yeah. entrepreneurial funding. It's only yeah. $300,000. Like, this seems like doesn't it could that seem be a low? really big deal. Yeah, like this is a huge... Um, Jeannie and Miranda say their products are about two years away from becoming commercially available. Wow. And the pair are now planning to move to Silicon Valley to further the development of their technology. So they're basically starting a startup in Silicon Valley with this. Um, That's So yeah, that's like... Man, I haven't accomplished anything. (laughs) I mean, we're like average people, so... Yeah, I haven't haven't developed one genetically engineered bacteria yet in my my whole life. Yeah, me neither. I mean... What am I doing? Maybe... By this yeah, point in my I life, be by content, this point in my life, you know, should like, I have developed a genetically engineered bacteria? I mean, these people did it. They're 22, so yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. What is my life Maybe, amounting to? If you know I what we could do, Anthony? We could just bacteria. <laughs> we could just stop everything. Uh huh. Go to Silicon Valley and work with these people. That's true. Do you think we're young enough that they'd hire <laughs> us? <laughs> I don't know if I want to work for a 22-year-old. I mean, maybe they would view us as people with experience, like industry experience. We're like Like, elders with wisdom. (laughs) We're not that old. We're not, you know, we're still (laughs) under 30. We're in our 20s. For now. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, maybe if we worked for this company, then we could just like take credit for some of the work and be like, we have helped to create this genetically engineered bacteria, Maybe. you know? I don't know. And then we can like avoid having a midlife crisis. What do you think? 
It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. We're already in the midst of it. No. <laughs> I just started right now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll have to figure that out. Okay. I anyway. just bought a Corvette on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed way too hard at that. Okay. <laughs> My next story is AI news. This comes from fizz.org. Fizz as in P-H-Y-S, not fizz as in like soda. Anyway. Okay. Uh, the first AI universe sim is fast and accurate, and its creators don't know how it works. Great. <laughs> universe sim? Universe sim. So they're simulating like the makeup of the universe. Whoa. Uh, so this is for the first time astrophysicists have used artificial intelligence techniques to generate complex 3D simulations of the universe. The results are so fast, accurate, and robust that even the creators aren't sure how it all works, which <laughs> I don't know how good, good it is that's, that we've got yeah. like AI now that we don't understand. I mean, that's actually true for a lot of the algorithms that are coming yeah. out now. It's, it's uh, an interesting uh, it issue. It just like figures things out that we didn't realize we were like in unintentionally training it on. Yeah. Maybe, or... So there's this whole field of research now on like coming up with algorithms to show you what the first algorithm's doing. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but anyway. We've created this thing. How does it work? Um, the, speed of, the speed and accuracy of the project called the Deep Density Displacement Model, or D3M for short, wasn't the biggest surprise to the researchers. The real shock was that D3M could accurately simulate how the universe would look if certain parameters are tweaked, such as how much of the cosmos is dark matter, even though the model had never received any training data where those parameters varied. Wow. So they have no idea how it figured this kind of thing out. But it, but it did. But it did, and they're able to tweak parameters and get accurate simulations according to existing models. Wow. So... Um, Shirley Ho, one of the group leaders of the project, explains, it's like teaching image recognition software with lots of pictures of uh, cats and dogs, but then it's able to recognize elephants, <laughs> which I thought was a nice metaphor. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows how it does this, and it's a great mystery to be solved. Uh, wow. D3M models how gravity shapes the universe, and that's, the, that's like the only like, thing, force it's looking at because it's the most important one mm -hmm. in determining um, the, how the universe has like formed. Uh, the researchers honed the deep neural network that powers D3M by feeding it 8,000 different simulations from one of the highest accuracy models available. Okay. So one of the existing models of the universe. Um, after training it, the researchers ran simulations of a box-shaped universe 600 million light years across and compared the results to those of slow and fast existing models, whereas the slow but accurate approach took hundreds of hours of computation time per simulation and the existing fast method took a couple of minutes, <gasps> D3M could com complete a simulation in just 30 milliseconds. This new model could like create one in just 30 milliseconds. Wow. Which is insane. Um, wow. So, And the results were also accurate. When compared to the high accuracy model, D3M had a relative error of 2.8%. Um, using the same comparison, the existing fast model had a relative error of 9.3%. Wow. So it's significantly faster and also more accurate than other fast models. So That's amazing. It's really cool, and they don't know how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> in addition to modeling forces besides gravity, such as hydrodynamics, the team hopes to learn more about how the model works under the hood. Uh, doing so could yield benefits for the advancement of artificial intelligence and machine learning and kind of that thing you were mentioning where like figuring out how these things actually work, yeah. which is so wild to me that we can create something like this and not understand that. Yeah. 
It's uh, wild. I thought that was really cool. Wow. Wow. I wonder what they might learn, like new stuff that, that, now that they have yeah, this. Yeah, if they can like tweak a t- parameter and have in less than a second a new simulation of the universe. Yeah. Like, who knows? Like, just that, start like, opens playing up with so everything. so many opportunities to learn and, and try out things and see what might be real, you know? Like, it would, it, this would just make it possible to tweak all these different parameters and different combinations and just get results, like, so much faster. You could just have a matrix of all these different options and just, like, yeah. go down the line and just... It's really cool. Wow. It's really cool stuff. Uh, That's amazing. And all enabled by AI. Cool. All right, my next story is a random local news story. This is from HuffPost, and the headline is Seal Sings Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> Did you see this? No, this but for like... a second I thought you meant the singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, like an animal. <laughs> Why is this news? <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be thinking about that this whole time now. Um, (laughs) So scientists at the University of St. Andrews raised some seals from birth in order to study how successful the animals might be at vocal learning, a skill crucial for learning a language, but one that is relatively rare in animals. According to a new report published in the scientific journal Current Biology, researchers wanted to see whether the seals could be taught to copy melodies and human formants the parts of speech sounds humans use to encode information. Mm -hmm. The seals were trained to copy sequences of their own sounds and then to turn those into melodies. The animals also learned to copy human vowel sounds. It wasn't easy at first, but the seals eventually caught on. Um, This is a quote from one of the researchers. It takes hundreds of trials to teach the seal what we want it to do, but once they get the idea, they can copy a new sound pretty well at the first attempt. Oh, wow. One seal named Zola learned to bark out both Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and the theme to Star Wars. Wow. That's quite a range. Uh-huh. Well, it was like part of it, but yeah. So would you like to hear oh, what than, it sounds like? More than anything in the world right now, I <laughs> so, want to hear, this, I wanna hear so, this seal sing. So what this video has is someone playing the melody and then the seal like playing it back. Like okay. the seal is like barking it after they hear it. Okay. Uh-huh. That's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> so they just, they hear it and then they can like, you know, bark it back. Like almost, it wasn't exactly on, but it was yeah. close. No, I mean, it was recognizable. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. So there's this video with like a bunch of different tunes basically yeah. showing them doing it. But, but yeah, <laughs> isn't that fun? <laughs> I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity not to have taught them kiss from a rose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge missed opportunity for so many melodies. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> That's what I would have done. It's a careless whisper yep. seal. Yep. <laughs> Very good. My next story is animal news. <laughs> This also comes from the Huffington Post. Bear has least impressed reaction to deputies trying to free him from locked room. 
He got locked in a room. He got locked in a room. Mm. That's right. It's bear news. <laughs> a black bear accidentally locked himself inside a mudroom after walking into a Missoula, Montana home early last Friday. The three-year-old bear, who reportedly weighed around 70 pounds, initially ripped the room apart after discovering that he was trapped, but then he clambered into a closet for a nap where he remained until deputies arrived to remove him at 5.45 a.m. And he, like, climbed up onto a shelf in this, uh, in this closet and was just hanging out there. All right. Uh, police said the bear was not the least bit impressed when deputies first knocked on the window to get its attention. Uh, it apparently stretched, yawned, and just looked towards the door. <laughs> uh, so deputies were able to unlock the door, hoping that he would just come down from the shelf and leave. Mm -hmm. But he just yawned at them more. <laughs> <laughs> so they opened it and it So they opened just it and there? he just stayed up there. He was apparently very comfortable. Oh, okay. Um, and they eventually did tranquilize the bear and relocate him to the Mission Mountains. So oh, okay. they, like that was how they ended up getting him out of there. Okay. But <laughs> He was initially apparently pretty upset about being trapped, but once he figured out he had a nice nap spot, I guess he wasn't so upset anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's all that there is to that story. It's just... Well, so it was like five in the morning? Yeah, they said, yeah, it was very early in the morning when they huh. realized it was there. I wonder if like, people were home or were they not home or I wonder what happened. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it happened it in the like... middle of the night and they just somehow missed a bear tearing up their mudroom. You'd think you would hear that. I guess it or... depends on where in the house it is. Yeah, I guess. There's a picture of it. Look at his face. He's just like... Oh, just... he looks so comfy up there. Yeah, he just... Wait, wants... how did it get up there? I'm not even sure. How did he like, climb into that thing? I have no idea. I mean, I know they can climb, but I feel like that'd be... Yeah, I don't know how it would get... Like, get like... in there. Yeah, I don't know. Whoa. Well... They're resourceful. Yeah, very resourceful. Hmm. All right. Lock fun. your doors. Yeah. <laughs> Lock your doors at night if you live in bear country. Yep. All right. My next story is entertainment news. Uh, this is from a couple of sources. Uh, one of them is UPI and the other one is a CNN story. And these are highlights from Men's Fashion Week, Ooh. which happened this past week. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is um, describe some really fun highlight uh, avant-garde outfits okay. that were displayed during the event this week. And then I'm going to show you the photo of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay, ready? Hopefully our our listeners can form a mental picture yeah, yeah. of what so I'm, I'm going to be at. describing it in some fun detail. Okay. I'm, I'm trying a new, a new format. Okay. Um, okay, so this first one is a man in white underwear, but also wearing a bunch of inflated plastic bags. And I'm not sure how he got this onto his body, uh -huh. but each leg and arm is in an inflated plastic bag. Okay. And then his torso is in an inflated plastic bag. Um, huh. This is the photo. You described it very accurately. That is... Okay. Huh. I guess this anything is, is fashion. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. This next one is, um, it's from the Dior fashion show. Uh, I'm describing it as the modern tourist look, uh, a fancy shirt, neck scarf, a giant fanny pack, and a backpack. That's too many packs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That is a massive fanny pack. It's a fanny pack the size of... It's bigger than his head. Yes. For starters. It's almost as wide as him. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like his whole torso that is, is a fanny. That is a large fanny. But it's a, yeah, I don't know if I'd say his whole torso. Okay, but it's, yeah. It's large. No, it's yes. That was that was an exaggeration. Okay. <laughs> we're trying to paint um, a we're trying to paint a picture. Yeah. Uh, this next one is a modern Willy Wonka purple suit with matching trench coat. Yeah. What do you what do you think? What do you think of that one? Yeah, that or the Joker from Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that might be even better. Yeah, I mean, it's very purple. Isn't that fun? It's very purple. Purple's my favorite color, so I actually kind of liked this. I was like, all right, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, terrible. That's, that's nice. I feel like I would have, for the, as the resident fashion expert here, <laughs> apparent, no, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not. not so. Yeah, neither of us are, probably. It's probably, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I would have gone with a, a, like a more different shade of purple for the stuff that wasn't the jacket. Like the jacket's like, like it's a, too similar yeah, to the, the jacket. Yeah, the jacket's like a slightly dark sh- darker shade of purple than the rest of the outfit, and I feel like if he'd, if they differentiated it more, it would have been a a cooler look or maybe yeah, if you just like wrapped them in a plastic bag yeah i mean th- that's apparently more, also fashion. there's more plastic bags featured later on in this so i wish yeah, i was we'll surprised that was a theme. That was a theme. um okay this next one um is i i call it your worst nightmare oh boy it's a man with a karate uniform and a jetpack made of 30 arms with hands no you ready for this one i don't know if i am why <laughs> why I think those are fake arms and hands. I don't, that's not like, when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, there's like people behind him, but no. Yeah, no, it's just like a bunch of like like, large, it's like human sized doll hands. But it looks like a human hand. Yeah. Like it looks real. I really hate it. It's very creepy. I really hate it. Like what, what is that? I don't know. We've clearly run out of ideas. (laughs) Okay. This next one is, um, a, a guy wearing a trash bag bib, trash bag shorts, and fishnet tights over orange knee-high socks. That's a lot of choices there. What's on his face? I don't know. It's like they painted it's a, like pain. They painted two stripes across his face, but didn't stop at his hair. Yeah, it just like, kept going. They kept go- it's like it goes across his face onto his hair. That's really a, that's a weird look. And he has bangs and blonde, like shoulder-length hair with bangs too. I mean, to be fair, I guess they've all been weird looks, but this one is this one is a costume. I just don't. What do you wear this to? What would you wear this to? What do you think? I don't know if you want to disguise yourself as like a pile of trash. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's a like a fashion expert out there and <laughs> please you can educate, please, please explain it to us seriously, because I just don't, I don't understand it. Like, I think it's supposed to be art, right? I don't, I don't understand this. Okay. Yeah. All right. Last one. Um, this one I call Pennywise the clown in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> That and this. Wait, oh, so it's a transforming outfit. Yeah, actually, I think this was two two different outfits from the oh, same fashion okay. show that were very very similar. But yeah, yeah. that are both terrible. But Terri- yeah, it's like no, it's a, definitely seventies. take on a, a clown, a, you know. Yeah, a horrible, horrible clown. That's probably gonna hurt you. Get away from that clown, kids. Yeah, if you saw this person, what would your reaction be? <laughs> if I saw any of these people, I would, like, I don't know. If they're like walking down the street, I would cross the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our highlights from Men's Fashion Week. Yeah, definitely. If you know about fashion and you can explain it to us, like, I'm totally open please, to explanations. Please, please tell us like, why. It's, why it's are we doing this? It's baffling, but I, it's very entertaining for What's sure. What's wrong so. with, like, a shirt and some shorts? I, I don't know. Why does it have to be a bag? Like, I just, I feel like if it's something that you would never wear to any occasion, 
then what is, is it the fashion, point? Then? Yeah. Why not just put it on a mannequin and call it like a sculpture? Right. Like I feel like it should still the the, the minimum <laughs> threshold for acceptability for is me that, in my limited understanding of fashion is somebody like somewhere someone would somewhere it to would wear this to something. Okay. And many of these things I just showed you, I don't think fit that. So if there's someone out there that knows why, I could have please seen, let me know. I could have seen the modern tourist with a slightly smaller fanny pack on maybe a real person. Yes, same. Maybe. Also the purple suit. Yeah, the purple suit was, was actually fine. pretty nice. Yeah, that one was nice. Yeah. That one was fun. I have a, I have a suit where the, the jacket has like a purple lining. I like that very much. Oh yeah, that's that's nice. I love purple. Purple's like a great color. Purple's a great color. But second only to green in my book. But like this this bag, this plastic bag with the underwear, that's like not what, anything. You're not. That's not even. That looks like a safety hazard. Honestly, this is like. Can he breathe? Going, you're going into. Yeah, I don't even know how did how do, how was he breathing? How did he get this on? It's all inflated <laughs> too. It's like, so. What does he have oxygen? I'm worried about this guy. Was there just like enough air in the bag to walk like last? the catwalk and then they like just had to immediately Maybe, get him out yeah, of there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Men's fashion week in Paris update. Sure. All right. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> fashion. <laughs> All right. It's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Bag fashion. Ready, set, Go. go! this on cnbc uh your iphone will soon be able to identify dogs and cats thanks to apple's new detector what (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that means so they are uh, introducing a new feature in their upcoming uh ios update that will be able to look at images and identify which parts of that picture are cats or dogs so they'll be like it's a it's a computer oh. vision uh, software that's able to recognize them. Hmm. Um, it's not for consumers, but developers can use it in their apps um, okay. to easily determine what's a dog and what's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, Apple's been investing a lot into computer vision, which is a subset of computer science that focuses on enabling cameras and other sensors to see and understand the real world. Hmm which is also important to self-driving cars and anything that involves augmented reality. Okay. Um, so I wonder if this is going to plug into those Snapchat like filters that work for cats and dogs, maybe? That's what I'm wondering, if they're just allowing things like that to be done more easily. Um, mm. So it was previously possible, they said, to identify cats and people using machine learning. Um, and there's lots of uh, existing pet detectors, but this new detector software that they have called VN animal detector not like a great name but you know um, it makes it easier to build into apps in as little as four lines of code according to one of their presentations which is uh, for those not (laughs) familiar very little code (laughs) yeah Uh, and uh yeah that's pretty much it it's just gonna be able to make it easier for developers to tell what in a photo is a cat nice so i guess you can make a new app that's is this a cat and 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 it'll tell you it'll tell you and then you can then go and do whatever your app was supposed to do. Yeah. Which hopefully is more than just telling, just telling something you if something's a cat. I don't know. I have <laughs> an entire app that just tells me if it's dark outside. So, <laughs> Do you need an app for that? I don't need it. It makes me giggle. 
<laughs> okay, I found something on CNN. And the headline is, Nearly 100 drivers followed a Google Maps detour and ended up stuck in an empty field. Um, so apparently, uh, a crash on a road leading to the Denver International Airport prompted uh, the Google Maps app to take drivers on a detour. Uh, this actually happened last weekend, but this, they just posted this on here today. Um, but the detour was too good to be true. The alternate route took drivers down a dirt road that had rain, um, or that rain had turned into a muddy mess, and the car started like sliding around. And there was they got some of them got stuck, uh, and then like about a hundred vehicles got trapped there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so, um, and they were all probably on the way to the airport too. Yeah, which a just lot makes of them were hundred percent so worse. They interviewed this one lady that said, um, <laughs> she said what happened to her was that it was showing this back up on the road to the airport. And then this detour said it would take like half the time. So she went on the detour, um, but she had like a four wheel drive car. So she was able to kind of like get around the backup. And she ended up just taking some random strangers to the airport with her. Cause she was on her way to the airport and she like gave some people a ride. Cause they were just like stuck and they had to like catch a flight. I don't know what, what they did with their cars, but unless they were like, maybe they were with people that were trying to drop them off or something. I don't know, but it's nature's um, car now. Yeah, so basically Google had to, like, issue this statement that was like, we take many factors into account when determining routes, uh, including, you know, the size of the road and directness, but issues can arise due to unforeseen circumstances such as weather. We encourage all drivers to follow local laws, stay attentive, and use their best judgment when driving. Like, they're basically like, we can't be held responsible for, yeah. like, knowing... It's not really... It's muddy. not our fault if a dirt road <laughs> is muddy after a rainstorm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I, that was amusing. Like <laughs> it almost, I mean, it's not this level, but it just reminds me of that one commercial that I don't remember when this aired, but with like the guy that's just like following his GPS and like not looking and like, it's like turn right. And he like turns into like the front of some building. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't just like blindly follow this and like not actually be watching the road. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Yeah. I'm really bad about trusting my GPS, but I think if it led me onto a dirt road, I'd say, I'm just going to take my chances with this uh, regular route. Yeah. I mean, I can also imagine, like, if you're late for something at the airport, why you might be like, oh, it says it's going to be half the time. Let's go. Let's just do it. It's going to be a shortcut. Like, this is why you always leave for the airport approximately five to six hours early. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you always leave for the airport the day before. So, you know, there's plenty of buffer in case something happens. Yeah, they have like those little hotel rooms in the airports now. You just stay there. Yeah, just stay there there. until it's time for your flight. Yeah. No anxiety at all. Just be responsible, people. Yeah. Be (laughs) responsible. (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other app you'd like to use. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm still laughing at seal seeing the twinkle twinkle <laughs> Having to post this like this has to be this has to be reported. We have to get this out here. Vocal learning, a skill crucial for learning a language, but one that is relatively. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs>
It's crucial for learning a language, but... Bear has least impressed reaction to Jep... 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 Jep...